the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, do you know it was the first Saturday in May 50 years ago when we were first introduced to Big Red. I remember this like yesterday. I was going to say the, the, the gum. <laughs> <That was laughs> Not the gum. <laughs> we're talking about the great secretariat. Oh, I didn't know that. The, uh, secretariat, I would have known. Can we just go back to our future? So you don't remember Secretary Kerry? No, I remember that. I like obviously. Yeah, if you said Secretariat, not Big Red, I would have known. So. He was just—he was an unbelievably big horse. He had like the biggest heart. They weighed his heart. I forget how it was like the biggest heart they ever weighed out of a horse. He was like a—he was like an engine carrier, like a like a locomotive. This—he—he he like started out last. I still get goosebumps.
And on that day, he set the Kentucky Derby record, Carrie, okay. in under two minutes. Because they always say it's the greatest two minutes in sports. And he actually came in at, it was like one minute, 59 seconds. Jeez. So he broke the two-minute barrier. And then, of course, the, it was legendary, the other races. So as, as we work through the Triple Crown this season, um, the, the other thing that I, 50 years, Carrie, and 50 years ago, we were having problems with the economy, mm. including the idea of recessions. Inflation. And stagflation, right? Double dip recessions, right? You know the Federal Reserve. So it's so as we well, go through doom and gloom. I thought you were going to talk about Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, we're actually taping drink? this on Cinco right. de Mayo. Well, saying, yeah, I, I didn't know if I should bring in the. Uh, I you thought know, you were going to talk about a reason to drink and eat guacamole. Yeah, I don't and... know if we're bringing in margaritas <laughs> or mint juleps yeah. today, Carrie. What do you got in your tumbler over there, no. Carrie? All right. Um, so so let's see. So we so it, there, there is some, so it, like I said, there are some similarities and that's what everybody is worried today mm-hmm. is are we going into a major recession, maybe the most anticipated recession ever, right? I was going to say, didn't we talk about this a year ago? Everybody thought uh, yeah. we were ready. Or, it, you know, even the worst, the stagflation. Now, Carrie, you were, you were off last weekend but i was talking last on last week's show about the threat of stagflation right and Mm -hmm. meaning you know it's the triple stool where you have um you have a slowing gdp which we have data now and you have uh but the inflation is sticky or still rising or still sticky way up there and the third leg is unemployment starts going up and that's the one that hasn't happened. And, and so, right, because we had good new job numbers this week. Right. So we got the triple play job, payroll data, right? And, you know, we started uh, with the when, you know, the ADP report, the questionable new, the new and improved ADP report, right? So they said actual new jobs were 296,000. Pretty strong. Very, very strong. strong right? I was going to say. Um, you know, now the, the interesting thing about the ADP report, it indicated that manufacturing jobs were in fact down okay mm-hmm. it was the service jobs that were up you know people still looking to get out and spend some of the stimulus money i'm thinking the stimulus money is pretty much gone by now but yeah um, where <laughs> isn't that the we'll, we'll see um then, then we had the jolts report okay and it's cool it came in at 9.59 million a bit below what the street was looking for, 9.775 uh, million. Okay. Um, actually, Carrie, that's the lowest level since 2021. Um, so it did indicate that maybe the demand for labor is cooling um, and that the labor dynamics are normalizing. You know, one of the things that the Federal Reserve worries about is the wage price spiral, right? You know, if companies have to continue to pay higher and higher wages to attract workers, sometimes they just shut down Mm -hmm. and say it's not worth it. You know, then that's the, that's the spiral because then the, the layoffs, you know, jump, but it's still 1.65 jobs open for every available American, which is good news. Um, You know, kind of go there. Then, I mean, weekly jobless claims. Well, okay. So they came in at, 242,000, right about what the street was looking for. You know, that's jobless claims. 
Um, and But that showed that unit labor cost was up about 6.3%. Again, that's, you know, it's a lot of the still the good news, bad news, but everyone was waiting for was the jobs report that we got this morning. We were taping this show on Cinco de Mayo. Um, and it came in at 253,000. The street was looking for 185. I mean, this, this is the good news, bad news for the right. Fed. Well, I don't. Yeah, but in general, it's good news for. Oh yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear so President really Biden. Care. Yeah, you'll hear President Biden take a victory lap oh, over this. Oh, because he really had anything to do with it. Oh, that. he'll make his whole campaign run. Oh, you, know, oh but, you know, and and and, if, and the unemployment rate ticked down. Mm-hmm. You know, previous it was three point five percent. It came in at three point four percent. Um, so that begs the question then is stagflation off because we don't have the third leg unemployment and, and is the immaculate disinflation back on? Could the Federal Reserve possibly land a softish landing? Mm, Who Um, knows? And, you know, and, and not get into a, a recession. Um, but also one of the, but a lot of people are even questioning the validity of these numbers, Carrie, and I don't want to get too much into that. But just as an example, so the the previous jobs report for March came in at two hundred thirty six thousand, right? But they have a revision, mm-hmm. okay? And usually you think revisions are okay, maybe a few thousand, right? It was revised down from 236,000 to 165,000. That's bad. That's not a revision, that's it's, an overhaul. It's a $71,000 71,000 job revision. How? I don't know what's going on. I don't I haven't had time to look under the hood. Somebody anyway, forgot something. So, I mean, how much faith do we put in these numbers? How much faith do does the Federal Reserve put in these numbers? I don't know. But it it is it is still putting up indications that perhaps we can avoid a recession or perhaps we'll have a mild recession. And can we get this done? The stock market, it's still doing pretty well year to date. Seems perhaps the bond, the bear bond market's over. You still, Carrie, can we still get good fixed rates for locked in for three or four years? Yeah, you can still five, four, almost 5%. And even check out some shorter-term CDs. Although what's interesting is even with the Fed rate increase, some of the multi-year guarantee annuities and the CD rates aren't jumping when the Fed is increasing rates. Right, because they're already anticipating. Right. And and that's so we we say that fixed investment interest rates, whether you're you're talking about um, high-yield money market accounts that a lot of your brokerage firms will, will provide, or CDs, whether you go to the brick and mortar bank in the corner, if they're still open, right. or you go to the internet banks that seem to have a, a higher mm-hmm. rate of CDs, still off DIC insured. Or if you if you get out of that and, and get into what you're mentioning, the multi-year guarantee annuities, which you, you not only do can lock in that this higher fixed rate for a longer period than a cd right now right. um and you get the tax deferral if and you get if, the, using, if it's non-qualified or and it's compounding growth 
Yeah, um, right. Or and you put that into a Roth IRA, and now you get tax-free compounding mm. growth fixed at you know that you're saying four to five percent for how many years, Carrie? Can you get that right? You can now? get them up to seven years at five point two percent. I think is that yeah. maybe five point four. So, so it, does that fit into if you're trying? You know, it, we talk about this year. We it, we may call it the 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 sixty forty resurrection, right? Because everyone told us the sixty forty died, or you know, last year, and it did. Um, um, but this, you know, is it back? You know, and and certainly, if you can get your fixed side of you know principal protected part of your total investment portfolio, um, again, if that can be getting four percent, you know, maybe some in just liquid cash for liquidity, some in a, a five-year multi-year guarantee annuity or something like that, you can get four uh, an average of four percent there. That does a long way in your sixty forty portfolio to get you the 5% that you ran Mm -hmm. your financial plan on. So those are things. So those are some of the things that you have to be active though, because these high rates are not going to last forever. So it it was kind of a hawkish pause. We, you know, Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, they did or not, you know, raise the interest rates by 25 basis points. No surprise. Pretty much that was what everybody had thought they were going to do. There were some outliers who said, no, they're going to not raise it at all. Um, Even fewer ones on the other side that said they should be raising at 50 basis points. Mm-hmm. No, they kind of let us know it was going to be 25. It was 25. And now they also kind of let us know that they're going to pause. Okay. Mm-hmm. It does not mean, though, that they're going to cut. Right. There's a difference. Big difference. And, 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 but they also left it out that there is data dependent. So I'm sure, you know, they had to announce that before they got this jobs report today. And then the, again, they'll wait and they'll see how the inflation indicators are going. Um, so, all right. So, okay. What else? What also this, the show today, I want to talk, you know, a lot of, a lot of headlines. You know about the debt ceiling, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And wow, not too many positive headlines. No, and the people are saying ceiling. it's a lot different this time. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and then also um, for the second half of the show, I want to kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of times, Carrie, our new clients, you know, after we get done, maybe building the initial life flow plan or financial model, you know, the thirty-year type of projection. What really becomes an important is maintaining the current year, right? In other words, mm-hmm. we're very active planners at the estate planning team. And it's the idea of saying, so what a lot of times a new client, they say, well, what, what type of financial maintenance do I need to be doing right. in any year? So I'll talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes we break that down. In quarters, you know, right. what you may want to be doing in the first quarter of the year. Now we're into the second quarter of the year. And right. then maybe what you want to be doing in the third quarter versus maybe what you're doing in the fourth quarter. So sometimes it's a way to get into those that cycle, that calendar cycle, where the idea is you're going through the same templates or the, or the same processes, but they are one of our main estate planning team axioms is that what you did last year might not be what you do this year and might not what you want to do next year. Mm -hmm. So even though you're going through the same exercises, the solution for this year may be completely different. That's what I mean being active. And too many times, Carrie, we have a new client come in and they're not doing that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they 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 just say, oh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, they never try to say I need to do something different this year than right. I did last year. Or I'm, or this year, they're never even thinking about next year. Right. Because and, guess what? Your tax picture may look different. Right. Yeah. So maybe you changes. have. And maybe after the end of last year, maybe you have some losses. You might want to harvest and offset some of the planning that you're going to do. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay, Carrie, why don't you get us started? All right, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought, and we're here every Saturday at 9 a.m., and we are sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio-registered fiduciary, affordable fee-based planning firm that's been helping people well over 35 years in the greater Cleveland area. And we help families, individuals, business owners with areas of their financial life, whether they're working or somebody who's already in retirement. And what we do is help people know what steps they should take in preparation for retirement or during retirement to create the desired financial life you want and to help with goals and how do you create income tax efficiently how do you know what how much risk you should be taking on we have these favorable fixed rates um, that we haven't seen in a long time do you need to be taking on the risk in the market especially if you are worried about a recession do you know if you're underspending overspending do you know realistic retirement dates you know are you facing issues like the best timing of social security are you going to take it because you think it's not going to be there do you know how much money if you think you're going to live a long time that you're leaving on the table we help people with pension elections um what we do we provide people with objective unbiased analysis and build these long-term financial models so that people know how do they need to adjust if a worst case happens? Are they going to be okay based on what they're current thinking? And how to use opportunities in the complicated tax code. And we're not investment advisors. Like I said, we build these financial models and provide objective analysis. We have clients that do investments on their own. <coughs> Excuse me. Or um, we work with clients, existing investment advisors. If you want to take advantage of a free <laughs> Carrie, me, t- Carrie, Carrie, put that tumbler down, Carrie. <laughs> I had a tickle. Um, do you want me to take over? No, Are you okay? I'm okay. Um, you can call for a free consultation to see how we can help. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. You got to put a little bit more <laughs> sugar syrup in that mint julep. Mm. I've never had a mint julep. Oh, they're delicious. I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring some in next, okay. next time. Um Maybe a little bit of an acquired taste. But, okay. You, know, you can't beat. Kind of like beer, I guess. <laughs> no, I would say a little bit different than that. Um, but you, you have to, you know, but I mean, it's so American. Kentucky really? Derby okay. and Kentucky Bourbon. I've never watched a, I mean, I've never go, watched, man. I've never had bourbon and I've never watched a Kentucky Derby. Carrie, how, I can, guess. You, how can you possibly <laughs> say that? Never had a bourbon in my life. But you've never watched a Kentucky Derby? No, not once. Oh. <sighs> What is happening? <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if I've missed one in the last 50 years. Okay. Um, uh, I, you know, I've, and I've had a couple of mint juleps along the way. Um, so there's a lot of Cassandras out there talking about what's going to happen to the U.S. economy if the government defaults and, does n- and do not successfully resolve the debt ceiling crisis. Um, some of the, some of the shock lines out there, you know, it's going to be the largest VA benefit cuts in U.S. history. 
Um, the White House is saying it could cost 8.3 million jobs. We're just talking about jobs. Um, now, Moody Analytics are saying uh, they're saying maybe about a million sudden job losses. Still pretty mm. bad. And of course, that it would trigger a recession. It'd be the final straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, the Joint Economic Committee um, said that private student loan payments would skyrocket up. Um, you've got they they say monthly mortgage payments would surge by one hundred fifty dollars a month. Uh, retirement savings will lose twenty grand. I don't know how Carrie they average those mm-hmm. numbers out. I'm not here to disclaim. I'm just reading the shock lines. Um, then what about the sixty five million Social Security checks that get mailed out? Every month, uh, those could be delayed in a debt fault, a default scenario. Though eh, yeah. maybe it is possible Treasury could continue making on time payments because of the entitlement programs trust fund. Oh, you know that you know, yes, that, you know yeah. that lockbox with all the monies in yeah. here. Mm. <laughs> the uh, yeah, maybe they need to stop asking for more and to tap in what's not used. Uh, I still want to know where the stimulus money went that they didn't spend that everybody kept talking about that wasn't I'm, uh, spent. I'm sure they know exactly where every penny of that is. Greg. I would hope they should. Okay, Janet Yellen, her quote, if Congress fails to increase the debt limit, it would cause severe hardship to American families, harm global leadership position, and raise questions about our ability to defend our national security interests. Mm. Well, you can't get too much more negative than mm. that. Um, Fed Chair Powell was just mentioning him. We he announced the 25 basis point interest rate hike this week. He also said, from our standpoint, meaning Federal Reserve, it's essential that the debt ceiling be raised in a timely way so that the U.S. government can pay its bills when they're due. A failure would be unprecedented territory, and the consequences to the U.S. economy would be highly uncertain and could be quite adverse. Why do they never talk about cutting things that don't matter? Well, it's always the big things that matter to us. But what about cutting the things that really. But the debate, Carrie, isn't isn't about that. The the, the debate is that this is this is this is spending that's already been approved by Congress. Right. It's the question is, will America pay its bills or will it not? That's a problem if we don't. And, and so a lot of people think it should ju- the debt ceiling should just be eliminated. It serves no purpose um, because it's for political chicken. It's the politi- <laughs> political it, right. game of chicken um, is pretty much. Um, yeah, it, we I keep mean, doing this. This is like stupid. And they always raise and they it. They just kick the can down the road. And they raise it up into the last hour. Um, I'm trying to read here that. um you know, it, it's and, and and that chicken game is is saying that uh, you know a lot of people um, like this is a this is a guy from the Center of Economic Policy Research. So I'm trying to figure out what he was saying about the chicken game, and and what he's he just thinks the Dems are going to win, right? Because he's saying if we do actually start to get close to the drop dead date, or what we sometimes call the X date. That's what Janet Yellen is right now. It's floating around June 1st. There's not too many days left to deal no. with those, Gary. 
because they have to go on their August recess. Congress. Which I think they should not. But um, So if we do actually start to get close to the drop dead date and you can't pay the bills, I'm sure we'll see a reaction in financial markets and people will put pressure on Republicans for trying to wreck the economy. They're all pointing fingers at each other, right? Oh, yeah. If we get to that point, you'll see them backing down. Okay. Um how about you just all come together and do your job and worry, stop worrying about your agenda and think about well, okay. the American people? So, I guess that's the problem. So we've got the, you know, so coming up next week on Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, the big guy, right, Kerry, President Biden has called the, a meeting for the big four. That's going to be the, 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 the Congress leaders and minority house, you know, uh, major minority leaders. So out of the House, you'll have McCarthy and Jeffries. At the meeting, and then out of the Senate, you're going to have Schumer and McConnell, and they're going to they're going to hack it out, Carrie. Now, the question is, are they going to accomplish anything? Because so far, they've both been very you know stingent upon neither party is backing down. They're playing this chicken game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, talk about. He wasn't too impressed with, you know, uh, McCarthy's Limit Save Grow Act, right? Um, He's saying that, you know, they've got to stop the right-wing extremists from triggering a dangerous default on American debt. Um, he's saying, you know, that the GOP's, you know, that Limit Save Growth Act that they passed, they produced a ransom note. Uh, that's really... Oh, that's a little... <laughs> that's not extreme at all, is it? Oh, my goodness. Um, and and so, and and then you've got Kevin McCarthy saying, let me be clear. <laughs> and I said that, is that, a, is that showing shade on President... Remember yeah. President Biden's one comment I already said when he said, uh, you know, when he, one of his answers, I don't know, to be clear. Right. Um, okay, is that a joke? Okay, I think so. Let me be clear. Defaulting on our debt is not an option, Correct. but neither is a future of higher taxes, higher interest rates, more dependency on China, an economy that doesn't work for working Americans. Let me be clear. He says it again. A no strings attached <laughs> debt limit increase will not pass. Mm. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens on Tuesday, the 9th, and see if our elected officials can find a way to work together. A lot of people think that they'll that the there'll be some compromise carry. In other words, typically what they'll they'll do something, they'll kick the can down the road and so both parties can claim a win. Right. In other words, they'll do a trade off. They'll say that Okay, we're extending it 30 days, 60 days, right. 90 days or whatever. And then we hear go through this again without any and but then at that time we'll sit down and talk about the budget cuts. So, in other words, each party can have their August recess and kind of take a win saying, yeah, see, mm-hmm. Republicans are going to say we didn't back down because we didn't just automatically raise the debt ceiling. We're still going to have a discussion about spending. I, I think and that the Democrats are saying we didn't stop that. We, we got the debt ceiling raised and we will eventually will discuss po- right. uh, spending. I, I wish as American people we can say you don't get your recess because you're not kindergartners or elementary school anymore. You don't get a recess unless you actually work and do your job. Yeah. Now, some people think that President Biden's got a backdoor solution. Oh, you think he has any solution? Well, I mean, well, we can see it. We'll see how well his student loan debt relief. Yeah, uh, that works. should be a decision in June. June. Right. Yeah. 
but it's it's based out of the Fourteenth Amendment, right? And so, have you heard this, Carrie? This that you know that there's a the Fourteenth Amendment. Um, so the it's it, so the Biden administration they're discussing whether that compels the government to continue issuing new debt to pay bondholders along with Social Security recipients, military personnel, and others, even if Congress fails to lift the debt limit mm. by, by the X date, right? So what's in the so where are they getting this Fourteenth Amendment? That was written a few years ago, Carrie. Okay, um, and it it gets into the um, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. It says something like this: the validity, the validi- validity, validity, <laughs> uh, uh, the validity of public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. Hmm. Now, Kara, can we take those words and say, because of that, President Biden can do what he wants with the debt ceiling? No. It sounds like it, but I don't know. Um, Probably open to interpretation like anything else. Because, and historians say that section was added because it was back to the fears that if former Confederate states were to regain power in Congress, lawmakers might repudiate federal debts and guarantee Confederate debt. And, you know, Reconstructionist Republicans also thought that that clause would discourage loans to future insurrectionists. So I don't know if that has the same flavor of what we're right. talking about today. Um, but, you know, that is something that they're talking about. So bottom line is that if you're concerned about the 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 dire predictions, if the country goes in default, well, the U.S. has never defaulted, number one, on mm-hmm. its debt. And yeah, I think most economists, obviously most politicians, both sides are saying it's not an option. So it's just kick the can down the road. Right. Well, like I was going to say, that's business as usual for them. But if, you know, or are you going to be more active on that and saying, yeah, I want to run a scenario, Mark. I want to run a, a life flow plan or a model, a financial model, saying that they're not going to get it done, and some of those bad things are going to happen. Recession, delayed you're Social saying. Security checks. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, um, loss of jobs if you're still working um, because of, of a recession. Um, not mil- if you're working for the government, are you going to get a paycheck? Um, you know, were you planning on going to, you know, the panda bear exhibit that's going to be closed? You know, the national park, were you planning a, a, a trip to one of the national parks that's going to be closed? You know, how, you know, but financially, if you're saying I'm worried that it's going to be a financial hit to me and my family, well, then that's what we can do. We can, we can say, well, let's try to project it. Sometimes we call that plan R, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea of, yeah, don't, you know, maybe you better start thinking about your cash reserve and maybe you need to build that up a little because if they're, you know, along with a recession or a government default, believe me, stocks will go down. Right. 
Okay. Um, and, and so the idea is, do you have enough cash reserve? Now, a lot of people are going to run to gold. I'm not, you know, we don't get involved in that conversation. Um, but the, but also what you were saying is, but if you can, you know, if you can have a cash reserve and it could be getting three, 4%, that's right. You know, and, and also protecting you from this. And, and in the meantime, I, I keep saying, keep your seatbelt fastened because I think until they get to that X date, you're going to be seeing a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You know, with, and with that's the where it comes into play where how much risk do you really need to take on to ride those ups and downs? For some people, it's not as much as they think they do. If you can, when we build a model and we always tell people, you know, think big sometimes or think what you like to spend. Um, and we put in the spending and what if based on everything that you've thought you'd want to spend in retirement and you can retire early, the growth rate you need to make that happen is a 5% ongoing. Maybe it's not, well, then how much risk are you taking? And a lot of times people are taking on more risk than they need to be okay. And then we have other people that park it in cash or these fixed accounts and really don't want to go in the market. And does that translate? Well, maybe I can't do as much spending, but maybe I'm okay with cutting 10% or 20% discretionary. And that's going to give me peace of mind to sleep at night. But at least you know These what if, or if I want to retire now, well, maybe based on your spending, you can't, but you only have to work a couple more years, or you can quit what you're doing now, and you can take on a part-time job. A lot of people don't mind working. We find that they're just tired of what they've been doing, or they don't retire because they're worried about the healthcare cost. Well, what if that healthcare cost, when you build it in the plan, which is hefty if you retire before Medicare, what if it isn't preventing you from having that freedom of time and the life you want to have? And that's what we do, these financial modelings, and you incorporate it with tax-efficient cash flow planning and what are things you can do now through um IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, and these opportunities where we know where tax rates are. We know if Congress doesn't agree on anything that tax rates will go up after 2025. And if you're in the camp that believes tax rates will go up in the future, then it's important to be as proactive as as you can right now. You can take advantage of a free consultation that we offer by phone or in person um, we'll run preliminary analysis if you, if you want. Certainly we'll talk generally, but if you want, we'll actually run your numbers and look for opportunities, problems, and talk through how we can help you. We have affordable hourly rates and affordable comprehensive retainers if you want help through the analysis, recommendations, and implementation. And you can take advantage of a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financial foodforthought.com. And if you want to do some due diligence, you can check out our ratings at Google. You can check us out on the Better Business Bureau as well. All right. And that's Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly. And we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And we've been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 36 years. Um, and uh, over those decades, Carrie, one of the things that we realized pretty early on is that even if the new client was really looking for that initial model that says they they're going to be okay, they're not going to run out of money before life, you know that type of concept. Once we got that done, all right, what really became important, which we realized that 
they no one they weren't keeping track of their current cash flow needs. Now mm-hmm. you just mentioned something about tax efficient cash flow planning, right? Yeah, and, that's and, huge. And and you know sometimes it's the little things, or it's that idea that th- that concept where the the client has to the 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 client who's retiring has to has to go through that phase mm-hmm. you know they're stuck in the accumulation phase when they're working especially in the final years of work they may be you know they may be empty nesters at that point and they're starting and they're maybe at their peak earning years and they're really starting to put away some money mm-hmm. you know and, and accumulate and, and trying to get that nest egg bigger for retirement but then they have to get to the distribution phase mm-hmm. and it, that's it's, trickier when wages end yeah, and and it's and and it's like they 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 you know that it's, some of the comments Carrie that we've heard is well I fe- I see or I feel wealthy I mean I'm, I I I see I'm wealthy on paper but I don't feel wealthy right or something because they don't have the cash flow or they're saying which pot I have my company plan I have my IRA my non qualified my Roth I have an annuity which pots do I take when and a right. lot of people just don't know and they don't realize if they do it because over the years we've had people come in and oh I did a withdrawal for my IRA and they didn't realize till after the fact that that was a huge tax hit to buy a new car or a big purchase and that shot them through not only a tax bracket and maybe where their capital gains are taxed but also those Medicare premiums as well they don't know until it's already been done and it's too late right or they're, they to buy the car, they're taking money out of their 401k plan, not realizing there's a 20% mandatory federal withholding. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to avoid that. Um, and so now they, they, and that, and now that, now they had, they realized I got to, I got to gross up if the car is going to mm-hmm. cost me 40,000, I got to gross that up by 20%. Right. You know, and, and they forgot to do that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, and, and then they, then they're, they're going back to those. So, so yeah, so those are, the, and that's another good example when we say that what you did last year for your cash flow planning might not be what you do this year mm-hmm. and might not be what you do next year because mm-hmm. things are more fluid than that. You need, right. to, you know, you, you have to be active. Um, and, and the idea of building the retirement plan, you know, I, ideally you're starting to work on your retirement plan before you retire, right? Correct. Um, and the idea is so, so while you're still in the accumulation phase, you start planning your distribution phase. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, we say when you're in your retirement, you, you, you know, you don't wait till you die to start your death planning, right? right? While you're in retirement, start your, you know, end of life planning. But back to the, re- the retirement pre-retirement planning. So, so when you're building your retirement plan, you want to try to, you know, make sure that you built in flexibility mm-hmm. to your retirement plan. You know, the the common thing is, you know, DIYI. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. But but a lot of people really don't know what that means. Okay. And to us, we could talk a lot of times we talk on this show, Carrie, about the tax wrappers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how much do you have in uh, tax deferred assets that are going to be subject to the requirement distributions right. and subject to ordinary income or, and, or how much you have in non-qualified investments. Those are the things that are, you know, capital gains and losses and harvesting losses and using that as an advantage versus um, the tax deferreds. You were mentioned mm-hmm. the multi-year guarantee annuities. It could be the saving line. You know, a lot of people picked up I bonds during we mm-hmm. had the higher interest rates, inflation rates, um, or that the, the tax-free ones, 
you know, that the Roth IRAs or the health savings accounts, you know. And so the idea is before you retire, you're in your peak earning years. Hopefully you've got your debts down to a manageable. Hopefully maybe the kids are out on their own or the college years mm-hmm. are behind you. And now you're at peak earning years. And but and, and maybe you've just always you haven't really thought maybe you always just maxed out putting or, or got to the point where you could max out putting into the you know traditional 401k but are you locking yourself in too much to that wrapper mm-hmm. that's going to be handcuff you when you get into retirement you know and so those are some of the things we talk about but but back to the cash flow annual cash flow schedule so that's you know it's sometimes the maintenance planning you know even if your plan is built and you got your plan a and it's going maybe even build a plan r still says you're going to be okay um the the idea is you set that aside at some point Mm -hmm. and you really start working out how are you going to manage the next 12 months all right. And a lot of times that actually becomes more important than the 30 year model to our right. clients. Because they know the 30 year model is, is a 30,000 foot viewpoint. And it's just, and a, hey, it, I'm, I'm going to be okay. That gives you a gauge that, <laughs> right. hey, based on my current assumptions, conservative, realistic, I know I'm not running out of money, but that doesn't tell me how do I create the cash flow I need for my spending. Right. And also, yeah, and the 30 year plan also is just a measuring stick. So right. you can kind of keep track of, you know, and if you get if you get too far off track you know hey i gotta get back on track and this is how i adjust Uh, but the annual cash flow is saying all right real and that's what we're working on with our clients right now like in the second quarter because in the first quarter yeah you're getting your uh net worth update to see if you're on track to that 30-year plan right are you ahead of plan are you way behind plan right um but also now by this time of the year all right, you should be really zeroing in. In other words, now your tax return's done, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what do we, you know, so we're waiting for that because number one, we now know whether you owe money right. <laughs> on April 15th or you're getting a refund, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you're getting a refund, you have flexibility options there. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take the refund or are you going to just going to have it apply to pay your estimated taxes for this year? Mm-hmm. Don't ask your neighbor what they're doing. Right. Because it might not be what you want to do. Right. And, and by the way, maybe what you decided last year on your refund or credit or, you know, applied for it might not be what you do this year. It might not be what you do next year. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Okay. Don't get stuck in a rut. Just, oh, I'm going to do whatever I did for my last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, Mark, I always got my refund back. Why would I do anything different? You know, those types of things. Um, Stay away from that, right? Um, You know, be more flexible than that. Be more active than that. Um, And and this is what we help clients getting, getting, you know, crossing over from those ruts that they found themselves in or crossing over from the accumulation stage into the distribution stage. Um, Now, so, so, so on top of that, so then also this time of year, you really ought to be zeroing in on actually what you're going to be spending. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in other words, you might've built your financial model five years ago, maybe two years ago. How accurate are those numbers? You know, in other words, three, five years ago, you were think you were trying to project out what you thought you'd be spending this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet this year you have a better idea of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's update it. Right. 
Let's forget about the 30-year model. Let's talk about what's really happening this year. Because in a, in a weird way, if you can get really good at determining exactly how much cash flow you need to maintain your lifestyle this year, you can get really good at saving taxes. Correct. All right. And, and, and that's the added benefit. Also, the confidence and, and the decision-making mode. You know now why you're making the decisions. All right. So, so, what, so what's the process of you know updating you know updating your your cash flow well one is the category of you know daily living expenses right mm-hmm. okay and this may have changed because of this non-transitory inflation that right. we've had. And right? everybody's going to be different. You can't just say oh all my expenses go up by 8% because your buying habits are different how you spend what you've done to cut or not cut's going to be different. Are buying habits different, Carrie? Let's see. I think so. So we get that question a lot, right? And sometimes a question comes along, hey, Mark, what do your other clients spend in retirement? Right. I've had, we've had that quite often. And it's like, well, does it really matter? No. Um, it but, really doesn't matter what some, because everybody's different. Um, but so, all right. So... I don't know if it, I mean, yeah, don't ask your neighbor what they spend. Right. It's not your parents' plan. It's not your coworkers' plan. Right. It's kind of your plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but here's, okay, so here's an article. This is a DIYI article, Carrie, out there, right? Okay. What does the average retiree spend on monthly expenses? Any okay. idea, anyone to make any guess, Carrie? I'm going to say 60. Which would be 5,000 a month. Right. I'm just going to throw that out there. Because that's the real number, right? Okay, this number came out four thousand three forty five. Okay, I just and and why do we why do we why am I laughing? I carries because actually I met with someone because that's week. everybody's answer. We but get it's funny you said that because I had uh, met with someone this week um, earlier in the week and I they said oh I need about five grand in retirement a month. I'm thinking that's roughly. the answer. That was the number they told me. That's the number. We, you know, that's the number one answer when we ask our new clients just for a feel good number. What do you think you're spending a month? 5000 But when you really spend the time to iron it out, guess what? It's going to be different. Right, because that may be their daily living expenses. That might not be the discretionary spending. And for some people, it would include discretionary. Some people have grandkids. Some people travel. Some people have hobbies. So, you know, but how does that break down, right? You know, so sometimes... We talk about, can remember sometimes we talk about the 50-30-20 plan, right? Mm-hmm. Where a good financial model, if you're starting out and, 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 you know, listeners tell your kids about this or your grandkids about this, if they could start their working career 50-30-20 plan, meaning that of your gross salary, 50% is spent on your mandatory living expenses, 30% is spent on discretionary expenses, mm-hmm. and 20% you're saving. Okay. If you could start that when you're 25, 30 years old, all I can promise you is that you'll be set for retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter if your if your annual salary is fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. If you can follow that rule, you'll be okay in retirement. Um, if you don't believe me, come in for a consultation. Um, now, all right. So what about the? But the problem is, if the five thousand. It depends on how does that fit into this 50, 30, 20 concept, right, mm-hmm. Gary? And and so we got – so this article gives a little detail there, right? So they say that um, 
Okay, the average American, 65 years of age, spends about 52141 yearly. So let's, so they're setting that meet. And we've always said that is probably about the right. medium. You know, again, we if you're not aware of this, we have a bit of a wealth gap in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll clue you in, it's widening, not narrowing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, well, who's middle class? Well, you you might not be you know middle class. Middle class is fifty two thousand a year. Okay. All right. Um, now, but all right, and this is out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by the way. All right. So how do they break that down? So th- they say, what are the top four categories, expense categories that people are the retirees are spending their money on, Carrie? Okay. The the most one, the highest one is housing. Okay, so they're saying that the medium spends about 36%. So remember, we're trying to keep under this rule about how much you're spending versus how much you're saving, right? So so let's, so they're spending 36% of their total pay on housing. Okay, um, now breaking that down, that's about 1564 a month. Okay. 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 Um, the second largest is on transportation. Okay, where they're spending about thirteen point seven percent on transportation. That's about seven thousand one sixty a year, or about five ninety seven a month. Okay. So you know, again, if they're you know, you can compare. Is this helping you to compare to you? I don't know. Um, the third largest expense category is healthcare. Okay, spending about thirteen and a half percent. About seven thousand dollars a year, or about five hundred eighty-six dollars a month. Okay. Um, the fourth category is food. All right, spending about twelve point four percent, so about six thousand four ninety a year, or about five forty a month. And food, I'm assuming they're including not only uh, you know grocery bill, but also eating out. I would assume. So, so Carrie, basically, if if you were in that mode, you're not going to have a very good retirement mm-hmm. because you're spending. If there's no really discretionary in there, where's the fun money? You know, <laughs> and because you're talking about housing, auto, healthcare, that's and food, ba- that's basic needs. That's seventy five percent. Okay. How is your fifty thirty twenty holding up? Hmm. Okay. Um, now, if you if you're in retirement, you might not have to be saving twenty percent in mall right. as long as you started saving twenty percent of your pay back when you were twenty five years old. How many people did that realistically? Okay. But oh. if you always did the life bracket creep, where whenever money you were making since you were twenty five year old, you were always you were all always spending seventy five percent on just the mandatory living expenses. It's hard to save. Because you probably did some discretionary. Right. right. Got to have fun along the way, too. Um, so that is why, you know, we see the statistics that the, uh, uh, yeah, okay, so that the baby boomers have don't have enough saved up for retirement. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, or do you know what your personal number is? It's going to be different. I'm going to see if I had that. Um, so this is a study out of the Federal Reserve. The average American, because a lot we get this question all the time. Mark, 
what are your other clients doing? I try to steer clients away from that question right. and say, maybe you ought to sharpen your own elbows. And let's see what not, you're doing. Yeah, let's not worry about your neighbors. You know, right. you, you hired me to worry about you. Right. Okay, but let, if you want to see the statistics, they're out there, DIY, do-it-yourself internet. Okay, the average American, age 65 to 69, has about 200000 in retirement savings. That's not enough. For 20 years? Um, well, unless you have a nice pension that's covering. Now, van, <laughs> now let's look at some other data. Vanguard did, did their own research. Okay. Um, oh, no. The Federal Reserve also, though, in that Federal Reserve study, about, uh, about one in four, Carrie, about 25% have absolutely nothing saved. Mm. That's, the, that's tough. That's the wealth gap. In this country, 25% of retirees have nothing saved. Meaning what, Carrie? They're going to be living on whatever the Social Security is. Right. Uh, um, or a pension. Mm-hmm. You know, or the other baby boomer solution, I'm never going to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, um, okay, Vanguard. Okay, so they did a study between 55 and 64-year-olds. And they said there's an average of roughly about 256,000. Not that much different from the 200,000. Right. A little bit okay. better, though. Okay. Um, and But now what do the ivory tower financial planners say you should have saved by 60? Well, <laughs> they're saying that, um, you, you know, you should have by, you know, that. that and I've done this, this theory, too, where... Um, you know, you save your equivalent salary. So by like, by age 30, you should have, um, you know, your, an equivalent of one year salary saved for retirement okay. by, and then by age 40, you should have three years saved. Okay. Okay. And then by age 50, you should have six times saved in retirement. And by age 60, you should have eight times your annual salary. And by the way, that's what the 50, 30, 20 will achieve. Right. But I also that, think that's oversimplistic. Well, you think? Yeah. But, but, Maybe because uh, of what we do. But, but, <laughs> but having that, so if you are making 50000 a year, you should have eight times that by 60. So you should have 400000 Okay. And that's. I would disagree, but, you know. Um, okay. Now, um, so. So that's so again, does that help you? Probably not. I think by I don't ha- think so either. by having to know or having a plan and knowing how you're going to be impacted by inflation and your spending is going to be different really puts you in a decision making mode. I think all of these things may give people some stress that because until you know your own numbers, all those things really don't mean anything. Right. And so I'm going to stay on this topic for a couple of weeks, Carrie. And, right. we'll, and we'll continue to say what how we help our clients through this process. And if you're confused or worried, you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. Enjoy the race. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.